Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to the Tints. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, we throw out a lot of rather unorthodox stuff out here, don't we? Now, one of my fave ideas has to do with the idea of our botanical-style blackwater aquariums being able to produce supplemental food for our fishes. It's something that we at a hobby haven't really put a lot of energy into over the years. I mean, we have spectacular prepared foods, and our understanding of our fish's nutritional needs is better than ever. Yet, there's something tantalizing to me about the idea of our fishes being able to supplement what we feed. Uh, in particular fry of fishes, being able to sustain themselves or supplement their diets with what is produced inside the habitats that we've created in our tanks. That's really cool to me. And if we look at the ecology of natural blackwater ecosystems, they tend to be classified as impoverished by ecologists in terms of ion and mineral composition. However, that's not the whole story, at least it's not as it pertains to food production in these habitats. It shouldn't really come as a surprise that these aquatic you know, systems offer significant food resources for the fishes which reside in them because of the proximity that they have to the forests. Indeed, flooded forest floors or streams which meander through flooded forested areas offer enormous food production potential for fishes. The main sources of sustenance for fishes are the food webs constructed by the flooded forests, aquatic herbaceous vegetation, and algae. Alichthonous sources, remember that term, such as detritus and botanical materials. Uh, such as leaves, are the main pathways for energy and nutrients provided by the forest to the aquatic habitats. Remember that term allochthonous uh, sources refers to things that come out from outside of a specific habitat, i.e. fallen leaves, seed pods, twigs, etc., insects, all that kind of stuff. Now, phytoplankton in these so-called impoverished blackwater environments is something that we've likely all downplayed over the years. In the rainy season, the main flow of what the ecologists call biomass into the food webs comes from the surrounding forests. Also, studies have found that in the blackwaters of Maine tributaries, the floating submerged leaves of marginal vegetation are colonized by dense aggregations of epiphytes. Ooh, floating submerged leaves. Just think about that for a few minutes. Epiphytes are things that are attached that grow on other things, i.e. biofilms, fungal growths, um, various... Um, aquatic organisms which attach and colonize, you know, undefended surfaces. But think about that. And interestingly, both algae and macrophytes, which are aquatic plants which grow in and around the water, emerge, submerge, floating, etc., enter into the aquatic food webs mostly in the form of detritus, fine and coarse particulate organic matter, or being transported by water flow and sort of settling into the substrate. Not only do macrophytes contribute to the physical structure and spatial organization of the water bodies they inhabit, they're primary contributors to the overall biological stability of the habitat, conditioning the physical parameters of the water. Of course, anyone who keeps a planted aquarium could attest to that, right? One of the interesting things about macrophytes is that although there are a lot of fishes which feed directly upon them, the plants themselves are perhaps most valuable as a microhabitat for algae, zooplankton, and other organisms which the fishes feed upon. 
Small aquatic crustaceans, you know, seek out the shelter of plants for both the food and resources they provide, you know, zooplankton, diatoms, etc., and for protection from predators, which is, yeah, our fish. <laughs> so perhaps most interesting to us is, you know, botanical style aquarium people are those epiphytes that I referred to just a minute ago. These are organisms which grow on the surface of plants or other substrates and derive their nutrients from the surrounding environment. They are important in the nutrient cycling and uptake in both nature and the aquarium, adding to the biodiversity and serving as an important food source for many species of fishes. In the case of our aquatic habitats like streams, you know, ponds, inundated forests, epiphytes are abundant and many fishes will spend large amounts of time foraging the bio cover on tree trunks, branches, leaves, and other submerged botanical materials. Although most animals use leaves and tree branches for shelter and not directly for a food item, grazing on the epiphytic growth is really important. Natural habitats are absolutely filled with this stuff in every nook and cranny. It's like the whole game here. It's an explosion of life-giving materials, free for the taking, a true gift from nature. Some organisms such as nematodes and carbonamids, you know, bloodworms, will dig into the leaf structures and feed on the tissues themselves, as well as the fungi and bacteria found in and among them. These organisms in turn become part of the diet for many fishes, and the resulting detritus produced by the processed and decomposing plant matter, mainly leaves, is considered by many aquatic ecologists to be an extremely significant food source for many fishes, especially in areas like Amazonia and Southeast Asia, where the detritus is considered an essential factor in the food webs of these habitats. And of course, if you observe the behavior of many of your fishes in the aquarium, like caracids, cyprinids, lurcarids, and others, you're gonna see that in between feedings, they spend a lot of time picking at stuff on the bottom of the tank. In botanical-style aquariums, this is pretty much a common occurrence, and I believe it's an important benefit of this type of aquarium, one which exceeds what you find in other types of systems. I'm of the opinion that a botanical-style aquarium, complete with all its decomposing leaves and seed pods, can serve as a sort of buffet for many fishes, even those whose primary food sources are known to be things like insects and worms and stuff like that. Detritus and the organisms which you know, live within it can provide an excellent supplemental food source for our fishes. It's well known by ecologists that in many aquatic habitats, like inundated forests, fishes will spend their, you know, adjust their feeding strategies to utilize the available food sources at different times of the year, like the dry season or whatever. It's also known that many fish fry feed actively on bacteria and fungi in these habitats. So I suggest once again that a blackwater botanical style aquarium can be an excellent sort of a nursery for fish species. For like the thousandth time here, we're pointing out the mind-blowing fact that the types of ecosystems that we're so enamored by excel at producing food for the fishes which reside in them. So what do the fishes eat? Well, a little of everything, actually. As you can see, the physical structure of aquatic habitats plays a huge role in determining what the composition of the fish population is. There are a lot of aquatic habitats in nature which are filled with tangles of terrestrial plant roots, emergent vegetation, fallen branches, etc., etc., all of which virtually fill small bodies of water completely. These types of habitats are unique. They attract large quantities of smaller fishes to the protection of their vast matrix of structures. Submerged fallen tree branches or roots or marginal terrestrial plants provide a large surface area upon which algae, biofilm, and fungal growth occurs. This in turn attracts higher life forms like crustaceans and aquatic insects, and yeah, that brings our friends, the fishes, to the party. These are incredible habitats for fishes. Can we replicate such aquatic features in the aquarium? Of course we can. The idea is a fantastic expression of functional aesthetics, something we talk about here all the time. It's a package that's a little bit different than the way we'd normally present an aquarium. We hesitate to densely pack an aquarium like this a lot of times, don't we? Why do you think this is? 
I think we hesitate because, quite frankly, having large masses of tangled branches or roots or whatever, you know, and their associated leaves and detritus and all that stuff in the cozy confines of an aquarium tends to limit the number, size, and the swimming area for fishes, right? And we like fishes. Sure it does. On the other hand, I think there's something oddly compelling and, you know, intricate and just beautiful about complex, spatially full hardscapes. And when you take into account that these are actually very realistic, entirely functional representations of certain natural habitats, it becomes all the more alluring. I think that we as botanical style aquariums, uh, you know, enthusiasts, I really got to get it into our head that we're just creating more than just an aesthetic display. We need to focus on the fact that we're creating functional microcosms for our fishes, complete with physical, environmental, and nutritional aspects. Food production, supplementary or otherwise, is something that not only is possible in our tanks, it's inevitable. Every botanical, every leaf, every piece of wood, every substrate, you know, grain that we utilize in our aquariums is a potential component of food production. Sustenance from within. Think about that. Stay creative. Stay thoughtful. Stay innovative. Stay observant. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.